with very successful, hard charging people, their self image has a tendency to be out of proportion with let's say reality, where they have such an incredible high expectation on themselves that what happens is the bar is so unreasonably set that no matter how well they do, they don't feel like it's enough. That has a tendency then to snowball into self-criticism where you you didn't get the gold but you you know you still did kick ass and you you don't even get to stop and pat yourself on the back for the wins that sometimes sabotages those who are excelling because you never stop to say look at all i have accomplished you're listening to the steady trade podcast a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. It is Stephen Johnson, one of the two hosts, and another of the hosts of the two hosts that are today before the third host comes back for the next episode, which is Tim Bourne. The second host is Kim and Curtin, but not in any numerical order. The hosts are not announced in any specific order. Alphabetically. Oh, it could, it's not even alphabetically. I'd be middle of <laughs> But uh, or last, but uh, welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast. Beautiful. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't. I am the youngest and the fattest. So I mean, on those two grounds, I'm definitely the the first. But we've got a really, really good, um, really good topic. Something that we can really dive into, dive deep, delve deep, and that's uh, something that comes as one of Kim's special specialties as well. It's it's is trading all the best traders do they have a healthy addiction a healthy obsession are they addicted to gambling are they obsessed with trading and gambling um and is that good and on the other side of the coin how can many traders who don't have that innate addiction obsession how can they remain and stay motivated um very very deep concept i don't know if there's anything you want to unpack i don't want to keep this too long an intro. We we experience them day to day. So I'll I'll hand it over to you now. And what's your thoughts? <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's the intro. It's hard to keep it short because I think it's a great topic. It's a heady topic, and there's you know a lot of nuance involved. So uh, I don't I don't know that there's a right and a wrong answer to those questions you're posing. I think it's unique to everybody individually. If you feel that you're, you know, in danger of feeling like you're, I don't like the word addiction, which you so eloquently said before we started recording. I'm not a fan of the word addiction because I feel uh, it can come with a judgment about it. So I prefer to use the word numbing, that if you feel you're using the market or trading to numb yourself, I would argue that that is going to 
cost you not just your trading account, but probably other places in your life, health-wise, emotionally, physically, uh, never mind monetarily. So I would say that the key is if you're using trading to numb, then you want to get curious about what hard to be with feelings you have going on in the first place. That means you're, if you're numbing, you're not getting basic needs met. And I'm always an advocate of people getting their basic universal needs list, needs met, uh, which I use that universal needs list all the time with every coaching client I work with because, and, and just friends and colleagues, like once people get that they can identify what their needs are, they become a better steward to get them met. And if you don't get your basic needs met, you're gonna have hard to be with feelings and those hard to be with feelings, if you're enduring them for long periods of time, you're going to automatically wanna numb because you can't be with hard to be with feelings repeatedly for a long period of time. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, there's, there's just another quote that I just want to throw out there or something that I saw that I want to throw out there as well to bring it in because I want to, I want to come to the, the, the obsession side and it's, it's also that lazy people will do a little bit of work and, and wonder why they're not winning. Whereas a lot of people winning um, will do a lot of work and be worried about being lazy. Does that, does that ring a bell? So like yeah, sure. a lot of a lot of people do a little bit of work and they're just thinking, oh, I should be winning. What's wrong? Where obsessive people are more. I've done twelve hours, but maybe I should have done thirteen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I do. I do. So I mean, I, I found that really really interesting as well. So like, what what do you think gives people this? Because for me, all the guys I know have all got this crazy drive. Like anyone who's made it in the market, I don't know yeah. a single person who hasn't made it in the market who doesn't have a crazy drive. Not one, and who's not quote unquote addicted. So yes. what I just, and, and obviously if you've got a crazy drive and you're addicted and you want to do 10 hours a day, like you're going to get it in two years, you know, instead of getting it in four years. Right. But what a lot of people might say is I don't have that. A lot of people, cause I don't think many do. I think only about 5% have it. I think 5% have this innate thing obsession. I don't know how many you might say, but only few have an obsession. So how do, can other people get it? How do other people stay motivated? Do you know I mean, what I mean? Because there's a I, lot of people in the middle of yeah. the spectrum. I, I do think there are traders, though, that are able to find success and not be, quote unquote, addicted or obsessed in an unhealthy way. Like, look, these are these are words we're throwing around. There are formal definitions of all of these terms. Uh, and I think what you are trying to get across are the people you've experienced and have worked with, you know, or traded with. You you see their. I I prefer words like determination, perseverance. Uh, That's extraordinarily driven. Just extraordinarily driven. Right, because I feel those words being driven, being disciplined, being a man or woman of your word. Those words, there's there's nothing inappropriate in, 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 you know, the other words could be used inappropriately or be taken yeah. too far. But to be driven and disciplined is, I think, truly a muscle that a lot of people haven't been encouraged to develop. You know, the first thing that happened to me when I 
really decided to, it was before I became, decided to become a coach. But when I did landmark education, I remember right the first day, because everybody of course came in, you know, 10, 15 minutes late to the first class. And our instructor was adamant about our being on time. And what he tied that to was our being a man or woman of our word. If you ever say anything, you have to become completely true to that statement or you are no longer a man or woman of your word. And that yeah. was even for me, I had grown up with some sort of discipline. You know, I remember thank you notes having to go out 24 hours after a gift. Like there were things in my family where there was this discipline, but that was next level, even for me. And I remember all the places that I hadn't been a man or woman of my word when I got introduced to that concept and landmark that then started to shift things. I don't think if I didn't have that discipline taught to me 15 years ago, yeah. I would have been able to succeed as an entrepreneur. Because if yeah. I wanted to be true to my word, I was going to have to get up on the days for my business that I didn't want to have to get up, send another email, like be driven, right? Driven, I think really, it, it isn't a feeling, it's a commitment. Does that yeah, make but sense? I, but what I like, I suppose what I like about driven more than addiction is you don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning thinking I really need to trade a stock. And if I don't trade the stock at four o'clock in the morning, I'm just going to lose me shit. Like, so it's not an addiction in that sense. It's driven is a better word where you wake up and think, I really want to do what I'm about to do today. And I almost need to do it for the sake of my identity in, in some kind of way. But, but so the, so then the key question is, uh, is drive innate or is it developed or is it a bit of both? Because for, for some people, they'll get this drive and discipline through like Roland Ball. He was a, he was a famous footballer in certain leagues. He was a famous footballer. He was a martial artist. Then he went on a training and I think he applied everything that he'd learned into trading and it, and it just, he knew hard work paid. He knew the lessons that he'd learned earlier. And then I see him on Instagram with his small six-year-old son doing drills, like doing drills on the football and he's learning discipline and it's passed on. Whereas for me, um, it, it came more from, it came more from, it was, well, it was a source of pain. It was a source of pain where I thought, I don't enjoy turning up at this job every day anymore. I don't enjoy not having the human need met of freedom. I don't enjoy not getting the self-fulfillment that I want. And those not having those three human needs met meant pain for me. And that fueled drive. So like it, yes. adversity yes. can fuel growth. Yes. But it, so it's weird because I was the most undisciplined, worst, uncommitted, never had any structure in my life person ever. But, but the adversity fueled the, the drive. Yep. I think, I think it can happen both ways. I think it can be, if, if you begin, I think just having that clarity for yourself, that there were certain needs of yours, not getting met in the current, you know, career that you were in and the excitement and the adventure and the creativity that trading gave you, which are also a bunch of needs. You started to get more of your needs met as a trader independently then you were able to get in that nine to five quote unquote job, yeah, right? Be sure. But once you get clear on your, the needs that really matter to you that are non-negotiable, how can it not fuel your desire Change. to go secure them when you realize those are the ones I really want to have? 
Oh, because because the, the the it's famous quote the pain of the pain of change needs to be more than the pain of staying the same or do you know what i mean when people say yeah, that the but it's the annius nin quote about when when the when the bud feels so much pain that it can't stay you know closed anymore is when it will start it to open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and um and 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 sometimes it's about that change not being very difficult because when i saw the the tim sykes adverts and the videos and the youtube i was like well this is only uh when i first started it was in silver penny stock and silver course it's like this is only 70 bucks a, a month that's it's not an expensive price to change nope. it's pretty nope. that's a pretty that's a pretty cheap price to change and also i need to give up a few uh thursday and friday nights not watch netflix it's also pretty pretty cheap price change truth yep yep and for then sure. uh it's easier for than sure. dieting not eating that Mars bar is harder than giving up Netflix for something greater. Do you know what I mean? I so that price of change wasn't really very, very expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I'm getting this. All of these human needs met, all of this satisfaction, yep. this happiness, this self-fulfillment. And and only this is the cost. This only right. this is the only this is the cost. Yep. That's and it. then I was like, ah, and then and then you get rolling. Uh achievement fuels further progress it right does. it encourages you it puts yeah. gas in your tank and then you start realizing that you could potentially be an outlier you could be someone really special and then that is just a whole other that's just a whole other game to have an identity and to really give back then that, then you start meeting human needs you never thought were possible to meet correct and correct. Uh, and then you get such a big buzz such a big buzz James Altucher has a new book out called Skip the Line. His his other book, Choose Yourself, he's written a lot of books, but Choose Yourself just had a massive impact on me. Over eight, eight years ago, it came out, but his newest book just came out called Skip the Line. And in that book, he talks about how we are all, uh, the concept of the 10,000 hour rule. He's like, the 10,000 hour rule is applicable to being the best in the world. He's like, but you yeah. and me, we don't have to be the best in the world. If we're in the top 5%, 1%, we are, we're going to be, he's like, even as a pro tennis player, he's a tennis player. I got to interview him for my podcast. And he said, even if you aren't playing Serena Williams, you can still make a very nice living being at the top percentages of tennis players. You don't have to be number one. So I would say that's what you have figured out, right? You don't have to be Kratani, but if you are even somebody who's disciplined enough to keep being in the game, you're going to be at the top, which is still pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, and I mean, look, and if you really want to be number one, you can, you can, you can reach for it, right? But that there's just more commitment, more sacrifice, more drive, more hard work, and it depends. It depends what you want in life, and um... I think you have to start early, though. If you want, to, you can't be Serena Williams and decide that at thirty. Like she was playing when she was six. Like yeah, you, it's true you that, can't. True that. But, but part of what I feel happens, and and this is something I have an assessment. You know my coaching firm gives people called the judgment index and it measures something called self-image and it's a dial and this dial oftentimes with very successful hard 
charging people, their self-image has a tendency to be out of proportion with, let's say, reality, where they have such an incredible high expectation on themselves that what happens is the bar is so unreasonably set that no matter how well they do, they don't feel like it's enough. And what I have noticed is that has a tendency then to uh, snowball into self-criticism, self, uh, not good self-esteem. It's like deprecation as well, like self-deprecation. Correct. Where you, you didn't get the gold, but you, you know, you still did kick ass and you, you don't even get to stop and pat yourself on the back for the wins that sometimes sabotages those who are excelling because you never stop to say, look at all I have accomplished. And so it is a delicate balance about being driven about like how you gave that metaphor of, well, if I work 12, should I work 13? I would say, no, you shouldn't have worked 13, right? Because you are coming from probably an inappropriately high self-image of trying to live into being a robot, not a human being. And that is going to ultimately be a hole in your gas tank for the, for the journey. But, but I mean, one, one thing that I would, I would say, and it's a unique way of thinking, I guess is it's like, I've already done more than I ever thought I would ever achieve. Like I've already overachieved what I thought I would ever achieve. And then, and then me dad's like, hey, you think, cause I'm like, all right, this is the top this, like, all right, I've made a hundred grand in the market, just short. Like I, I've made a hundred grand in the market. Like it's not unreasonable to think in five years, I would have made a million or six years at current rate of pace. Like if I, if I do really slowly and I, and I just repeat what I've done over 10 years, I'll still make a million in the market. So like, but then I'm like, and I'm thinking, oh, I've done pretty good. But then what you've got to remember is, and then all the advertising and freelancing. But you've got to remember, hey, I'm only 33. <laughs> I'm only 33. I've got 43, 53, 63. I've got like 30 more years. And, yeah. and things compound and grow. So you've sometimes just got to put things in perspective and be proud and happy of, of what you've achieved. But, and, and that's for me. And like career-wise, like that's a human needs super well met. Like, yeah, I'm not. I don't, yeah. I don't think most of us have been taught though, Stephen, to celebrate our wins and really uh, pat ourselves on the back and acknowledge the accomplishments that we've uh, succeeded at. We, we have a tendency, in my experience, 14 years of coaching people, the majority of people are incredibly hard on themselves and very infrequently pause for more than a split second to stop and really see all the wins all the successes they've had. We much more spend our time on what we could have done, should have done, you know, something, if only I had this, if only I had that. They, most people rarely stop, me included. I mean, I try to practice what I preach, but it, I, I have to have people help hold me accountable. And I, I put them into place personally and professionally to be like, I'm always thinking of, oh, what isn't done? Oh, this still, I should have done that. I could have done this. And I have those people now who say, okay, let's just count all the things you did pull off last week. Well. Yeah, because it's a, it, it has to become a practice and a habit. And oftentimes I've had my own coaches give me an assignment, write down 10 wins that you've had every single day. That was for two weeks. I had to do that 14 days in a row. And I'll tell you after 14 days, I was like, 
look at that. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not such a slacker after all. Like, no, but, they, I, but, I, but I think you fall into the mindset of you'll work 12 hours and think, why don't I work 13? You're one of them people. And, and I'm one of those people. But that's why that practice is so much more important for, for winners, for winners. But what about, but what, like, so I've got a friend who will do some work. He's the other end of the spectrum. He'll do some work and expect to be successful. And it's, how do you get someone on the, cause like, look, I think I agree. You are work 12 hours and you don't, and you underappreciate yourself and you wonder, and you think you're lazy cause you didn't work the, you know, you could have done better. You're not, you're not where you should be. I'm, I'm almost the same, but I'm starting to get more reassured. All the tr- best traders I know are all the same as us, right? But what about the other end of the spectrum? What about the 95% of people who are listening and we're talking to? Yeah. What about the people who can't be motivated enough to do more? I, I would argue that it's not, it's not motivation. It's motivation, but ultimately it's because they are drowning because they aren't getting their basic needs met. Your ability to be disciplined is going to be dependent on you having some basic needs met. If you don't have some sort of nourishment, you're not able to run a marathon. Never mind a freaking what's what's the term for like, you know, a short quick run. What's that? There's a word in- jog 400 meters, I don't know, a jog yeah, 400 like meters, 5k, 5k, 2k. Exactly, like anything. If you just want to run around the track once, you're going to have to be hydrated. You're going to have to have some nourishment. You're probably going to have to have had some decent sleep the night before. I don't think most people, Stephen, are getting their basic needs met. So oh, they oh, don't. Oh, they just trains not what, oh, they haven't found what they're looking for. Like, oh, maybe they haven't found the thing that I love and they're trying to find it, but they haven't found it yet. Do you not think? So, well, some t- but they, how can they find what they love if they don't even know what they need? Like, how do you know if, if you're just thinking that what your experience is, is just, you know, I guess I'm supposed to be happy with a nine to five job and, you know, fill in the blank, 2.1 kids, picket fence, and then they get all that and that doesn't make them happy. Well, then they must be like, well, something's wrong with me. They don't realize no. well, maybe but, they have other needs that aren't getting met. But surely you can say what's what's wrong like what what would make this better surely you can just ask yourself the question i don't think most people nah, do. most people don't know because it was me brother my brother started his own business and it, and it first three failed fourth one worked as with most entrepreneurs yep yep it, and i was just thinking it did the thought didn't even enter my head but i thought do you know what it is uh one more what he's got because <laughs> i've seen it close to home i've seen yep. the success someone very like me same same yep. genetics like, uh, I think I want what you've got. You look like you've got a better life than me. I think I want, I think I want that. But most people don't even know that there's an option. And if they do know, they don't believe it's real because they've not seen any other one achieve it around them. Uh, that's for whiz kids. That's for Wall Street. True, true. They don't I mean, see. I, I just think the concept, it all comes to being self-reflective, being self-aware. You know, if you don't have, if you don't grow up with people being self-reflective or being self-aware or emulating qualities like reading or emulating qualities like uh, personal development or, you know, improving yourself, then it's going to be really 
foreign to you. But if you're watching this podcast, then you're probably somebody who already is more prone than not to self-develop, who realizes, yeah. oh, okay, I have to put some effort into taking myself to a different level or different place. But I would definitely encourage everybody who is watching this, get familiar with what your basic needs are because they are different for everybody. And also, Stephen, what you just said about seeing your brother and wanting to emulate his life, you feel that way now, right? Needs are always evolving. It could be just because you're starting to get no, older. I wanted to emulate the the freedom. I wanted to emulate, I wanted to emulate specific human needs. It wasn't specifically I, to be more like him. Well, okay, to emulate the the freedom that he has, but you're noticing that is possibly happening because who you are now is different than who you are last year, last month, two years ago. We change. You know, my need for adventure has dissipated as I got as I've gotten older. I still like a little adventure because I do enjoy it, but the level of adventure I'm needing these days is decreased. And I have no doubt that's because I'm getting older. My needs have started to shift. So I just want to say that needs are not fixed. They evolve, they shift, they change as we change. And the more in tune one is to them, the likelihood of you getting them met. And the challenges if needs are not met, the, the feelings we have are depression, anxiety, frustration, uh, apathy, and that's the one, apathy. The people that we see who have apathy, those in my experience are not lazy people. They're just people who have none of their basic needs met and that therefore they're malnourished and they're having the experience of apathy day in and day out. And that is hard to take for long periods of time. So you start to numb it. Yeah, like sometimes you'll go to a conference. I, I, I haven't seen you at the conference yet because of coronavirus and everything, but you'll go to a conference, like even the trade, any, any trader conference, you'll, go, you'll see people who they're there. And the, 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 the reason that they're there, some, some are, uh, is to find that spark, that encouragement, that reason to believe that if I see them in the, in the, in the flesh and I see the traders in the flesh and I hear it eye to eye, face to face, maybe then that's going to give us the belief to, to go on and, well, and I think it. that's, but that's a human need as well, to be encouraged, to belong, to be part of a community, to feel like you have companionship or you have somebody who is uh, seeing you and acknowledging you. I mean, yeah. that's why I think the conferences are fantastic. Why? For, for any of the specialty your focus is going to be in, because it allows you to be with other people who enjoy what you're doing and it helps you not feel so alone it makes you realize you're included in a community of people that this matters and and that's a human need too we we need to have that sense of community and you know cooperation so to speak yeah so so i mean in in summary if if it was to try and help someone ignite that passion inside of them how what is the best way to kind of start i know you kind of touched on questioning human needs and, and i think being curious being curious about human needs and is the, is the what else 
I would say what might stop you from checking out what your human needs are, you know, you can Google universal human needs, NVC, nonviolent communication is where I learned that from Marshall Rosenberg's a man who wrote uh, nonviolent communication, he identified these universal needs. But I would also suggest that if you're feeling apathetic, or you don't feel you have the drive you desire, uh, or want to emulate, uh, also maybe consider taming your gremlin. Read, listen to that book. That book talks about how we have often, many of us have a internal uh, self-critic uh, or saboteur or gremlin that chats all the time in our head. And if we don't identify that, it has a tendency to keep us away from personal development, being able to uh, be free enough to get our needs met so we can start to have that enthusiasm of discipline or drive. So there you go. I think a very interesting topic tackled. Um, is it addiction and obsession? It's more a question of drive and discipline. And uh, how do you ignite? Uh, how do you ignite drive and discipline and motivation? Yeah. It's about getting curious and, and getting your human needs met and taming that in, a, in our gremlin. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Very interesting topic. Interesting discussion. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys, everyone thought in the comments box. Um, what motivated you? What ignited your enthusiasm? Yeah. Uh, please leave it in the comments box. But otherwise, it's, uh, it's been Stephen and Kim and you've been watching Steady Trade.